Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design 101. How to design a beautiful home and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and life. Who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty, and my team and I do the best damn design in the country. But I'll help you create a beautiful design that is also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Amanda, and today I have Mia Luz on the show, and I am so incredibly excited to share with you her talent. Not only is she a modern medicine woman and a certified practitioner of shamanic energy medicine, she is known as the drum doula. What the hell is that, you say? She helps other people birth and create tribal drums. Why is this important? Because tribal drums have been known to transform our personal energy systems and our homes. Through drumming and pounding hard on a drum, we can change the energy and the essence of vibration in our lives. Through this process, you can change your frequency, raise your vibration, and completely heal your life. Join me as I welcome Mia onto the show. How are you? Oh, your voice is so <laughs> soft and lovely. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. I am so excited. I've got Mia Luz on the show today, and I'm going to hold off on diving into all the amazing things that Mia is because we're going to get into that today on the show. Mia, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, you know, I say this every time I do a show that I'm so excited, but I think that, you know, I'm at this space now in my life where I'm just attracting the most amazing people towards me. Um, And our good friend, Jannie, introduced us. And I think what is so amazing is that Jannie and I were talking about Um, just putting together what the home energy design show would look like for December. And we wanted it to be different. I didn't want to do the typical holiday mumbo jumbo. I wanted to do shows that were exceptionally intentional um, and really got people back to basics. And when she and I were talking about doing a show about creating sacred space, she was like, oh my God, you have to have Mia on the show. And I was like, oh my God, I totally love this idea. Let's do it. (laughs) So you are known as the drum doula. And so what I want to do is just back up a little bit. And I want you to give us a little bit of the unfolding of how this came about and how did you become known as the drum doula? Wow. Yes. I'm actually writing a piece for a book right now uh, about that story. So it's very fresh in my mind. And um, I think the gateway was I had chronic Lyme for many years and I was a single mother. I mean, I'm still a single mother, but it was a really, really challenging time. And um, when you are that sick, you don't have much time to do anything. So it's very a quiet space to be able to go inward and really feel and hear your soul. And it was in that space that I was, I feel, you know, it was spirit talking to me and saying that 
I need to create the heartbeat of the mother so that we can reconnect to the earth and, and bring this to the people. And I will be a bridge for that. And I hadn't even drummed, like I, it was really a new thing for me, but it was so strong and so clear. And the, the road just unfolded. It was like the red carpet was rolled out and I just took one step at a time. And, and here I am. <laughs> so I'm curious, you know, I feel like a lot of women that I talk to when it comes to this side of their spiritual nature, it, it does, it's like an awakening. It, it, it's something that's dormant within you. And then there's something that calls you, um, calls you up and calls you to this consciousness. Do you feel like that's what, you know, this was like for you with having, you know, Lyme is, is exceptionally difficult and hard. Um, I've had um, a friend that has battled with this and um, it was debilitating for her. And I can imagine that there's this, you know, uh, such an emotional side to it of, you know, why me and, and how am I going to manage through this? And having a child, I, I can only imagine would make it exceptionally harder um, trying to function. But do you feel that there was like this awakening in you and this this disease almost came to you so that you could find this stillness to birth this idea of what you have become? Absolutely. I mean, it's, I see it as it was an initiation. And like you said, it's really hard and challenging, but it's, it's a complete blessing. And I'm feeling that, you know, that's one of my life purposes now, like it has expanded into helping people to transform what seems like something that's really bad, you know, and alchemize it into the blessing that it is, because it opens up the door for these opportunities that otherwise we wouldn't be able to take. I think. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love that you have such a connection to Mother Earth. I think that so many of us have really lost the natural rhythms of what that connection even is. Um, you know, we spend so much time indoors now. We're either in a car, in a building, in our home, and we don't really get outside and we don't really connect to the natural rhythms and really listen to what Mama Earth has to say to us. So I love this idea of the heartbeat and connecting with that. Um, I mean, is that something that resonated with you early on or is that also a part of this awakening that you came to know? Uh, I think I, I grew up on a farm in northern Sweden, actually, really. It was an hour drive to a traffic light. So I grew up extremely close to the earth. So I've always had a really strong connection with her. But I didn't have uh, the, the clear communication. Like now I feel I'm really in communication with her in a different way. So that communication was stepped forward through through being ill and being so still. So, yeah. Mm, I love that. And I think it's so true that through silence, you find the answers, you find the solutions. And we're not still anymore as a culture. Exactly. And what better excuse than to be ill? <laughs> it's like socially <laughs> accepted. Because you can't just take time out from life and say, okay, I'm not going to do anything and be still for a year. Oh, you kind of have yeah. to have the excuse. And I think chronic limes and being debilitated is the perfect excuse. <laughs> well, it gives you permission. And I agree with that. I think so many of us have become so hectic and um, we feel guilty, especially as women. You know, we feel like it's not acceptable if we're not busy, because if we're not busy, then we're not being productive. And it's such a patriarchal way of thinking. It's it's so ass backwards. But 
um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it would really give you the permission to have the silence and be okay with that. And isn't it so true that you really can tap in and that you have to, you have to be silent to tap into those rhythms. Um, mm -hmm. I just read uh, earlier this year, um, Rise, Sister, Rise by Rebecca Campbell. And if you have not read it, everybody who's listening, you must read it. It's amazing. Um, but one of the things that I love about the book is she talks about how we no longer tap into the natural rhythms of nature and how creativity is not always on, how our connection is not always on. It happens in seasons and we have to be okay with that, but we're not. We, we push and push and push and wonder why we're so exhausted and why we're not getting the answers. But it's because we're pushing through rather than pleasuring through. And I love that. Yeah, I feel also it's this a lot of the work that we do in the physical world can, world can really be done behind the scenes in stillness. And then it will just unfold in the physical world. But we've forgotten that connection as well. Yeah, A lot we of don't... times it's about the being, not about the doing. <laughs> yeah, and we don't allow things to unfold. We, we, we <laughs> want to rush, rush, rush and hurry things up. And why isn't it happening? And I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So I love that um, you are a medicine woman and you are a certified practitioner of shamanic energy medicine. Explain to my audience, they're, they're pretty forward thinking, but explain to the audience what exactly that means and how you can take this knowledge and really help people. Well, I think I call myself a modern medicine woman because, you know, back in the days in all earth-based religions, there was always a medicine man and a medicine woman in the community that basically linked um, spirit with, with the community and with the people. And we'll get messages of how to move forward with, you know, crops and planting or if there was warfare or whatever it was, they would always turn to the unseen realms for guidance and information. So being a modern day medicine woman, it's, it's basically the same thing of tapping into all the unseen forces that are at work behind the scene at all times and being able to, to bridge the gap into, you know, our 3D reality. So it's bringing the whole being on board and not just the part that we, that, that is conscious in our minds, you know? And and I feel that that is where miracles and magic and deep, deep healing and wholeness can happen. So, I mean, I, I feel I'm a I'm a living example of it. I healed my limes through through the other realms and just like healing my spirit and my soul and finding my life purpose. And that allowed my body to physically heal. And if we don't have that, there's no drive. There's no you know, we're just kind of lost and the body is confused and it's not going to heal that way. I believe that 100%. I really feel that by the time it hits our physical body, it's been lingering around in our emotional and etheric bodies for a very long time. It's something that we've been hanging on to. Um, it's what I call a blow the cross emotion, whether it's guilt, shame, anger, rage. You know, it's you, you live in. Um, you're holding on to something which manifests in your energetic body. And it, I find that a lot of times it is because you are not living your life purpose or you're not, you know, you haven't awakened yet. And by the time it hits your physical body, 
um, you know, it's time. It's like you're calling, you know, you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're being called to like what you said, your consciousness and, and you're being called to your purpose. And so you have a choice. You're at a crossroads. You know, are you going to step up to the plate and, and say, yes, I'm willing to do it? Or are you going to, you know, continue to ignore it? Exactly. It's an opportunity for awakening. A complete wake up call if we're ready to listen. Mm, I love that. I love that. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I am a feng shui practitioner. And so it, it's kind of the same thing for me where, you know, I was called and, you know, there was a lot of fear. And so in my emotional body, that's what I had. I had fear resonating, you know, behind a lot of my decisions. And so I did not want to step up because I was uh, fearful of being called a fraud or it's not real or it's not this, that or the other thing. And so I feel like when you are finally called and you have an understanding that whatever it is that your purpose is, when you are ready to accept it, that's like what you were talking about, where literally the red carpet gets rolled out and magic starts to unfold and things just start falling into place. And it's like, why the hell have I been going upstream this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so tell us, I love the idea that you are a drum doula. Um, and I want to know how this idea came to you like this I, I really i i love you know my grandfather is cherokee indian so i have a, a strong connection to drums and how they make us feel um there's mm -hmm. nothing like beating on a, a tribal drum and how it makes you feel like it's incredible it can make your body move and make your body feel things that you didn't even know that you had or could feel so I want to know how you came about to this idea of birthing a drum, what that even means, and how that can heal people. Wow, this is a big topic. But yes, I mean, you you said it. It It's very, very transformative, the beating of that drum. And it's it's the vibration. You know, we are vibrational beings. Everything is vibration. And I feel, you know, sacred space is creating a higher vibration. And the drums are very helpful with that. And like when you drum over a body close up or even just having a drum in the space, it erases the vibration within the body and it opens up. It's like the portal into, into other dimensions. And it's like even been scientifically proven, like a certain resonance and a certain beat it opens up the pineal gland where we can literally journey into other dimensions, um, which, you know, might be a little far-fetched, but it's very powerful. It lines up every molecule in your body so that they're resonant and can work together and communicate. And I feel, you know, I had a lot of organ damage after, after the limes was cleared, but aligning the organs so they all vibrating at the same vibration by the help of the drum then they can start communicating with each other and helping each other so and that's what we want we want this holistic the body knows how to heal itself if everything is in line and communicating um so that's the playing of it the birthing of it um you know i started i actually did find a man who made drums and the first time I made one it was it was like I just knew how to do this I know I had done this in past lives and it was so visceral and powerful and just it was just amazing to have this come back to me 
and I felt like birthing a child, you know, it's, you can't really control the outcome. You know that you're going to love whatever comes out unconditionally. You can't control the process. It's all natural materials. It's, it's like a process of trusting and knowing that I'm going to do this and I can do this and there's no other way. And, you know, I'm seeing with a lot of people that are birthing drums with me, they have, it's like a complete transformative experience. It's not going in and creating something. It's like a deeper transformative experience where you really have to face your fears. Like we have, we all have so many fears of trusting. Am I doing this right? Is this going to be okay? Does this, you know, and really surrendering into that and getting out of the headspace and working from your heart where you're creating this being that will heal you back and will heal your habitat and will heal everything around you. So it's, you're really creating something that you're going to have a dialogue with for eternity. Mm. So, and the doula, as we know, is, isn't a birthing assistant. So I'm just, you know, holding space for people to birth their own drums and let them come through. I love that because I agree. I think that we are so in our head and we have been really fed this ideal that we, whatever we create has to be perfect and it has to be better than the other person's and it has to be able to do this and that, and it has to be, you know, something amazing. And instead, like just stepping outside of that ego and really allowing the process to just unfold and really Mm -hmm. allowing the divine feminine to just kind of run through you and allow it to literally birth and become this amazing thing that you can really be proud of and feel this amazing energy around that you can't even put your fingers on. Like you can't, like I, when I was going through my divorce, um, seven years ago, I went to, uh, I went on a vision quest and, I was just starting to really have my spiritual awakening. I I've been a feng shui practitioner for 20 years, but like I was, I was having a rebirth. Like I had been burned down to the ashes and I was the rising Phoenix. And so I went on this vision quest and there was a gal there. And I remember just feeling so, I guess shy would be the best word, but like, what I loved about this group of people is that they were just letting their freak flag fly. They did not give a (laughs) shit and they were just allowing, they were really allowing mama earth to just run through them. And they were literally whatever they were feeling, they were expressing. And I was mortified. I was so mortified. I was like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Why are these people behaving this way? This is unacceptable. (laughs) which is so stupid. Now I look back, I'm like, of course, like, let's do it. Let's, you know, but there was this gal there who, um, also made drums and, um, I think her name was Cynthia and man, she was banging on those drums and she was just shouting at the top of her lungs, banging on this drum. And she was literally just letting the rhythm. And like you said, the vibration run through her with her feet firmly planted in the grass. And like she was connected to mama earth and she was connected to this vibration that she was creating and she was banging with all of her might. And it was, you know, just a rawhide drum that she had made, but 
banging on this thing so hard and screaming and singing at the top of her lungs. And she was transformed. I mean, she was transforming me because as I was watching her and absorbing the vibration that she was creating, I just broke down in tears. I lost it. And I know that it was because of the vibration and the frequency that she was creating with this connection that she had and she was resonating that. And that was kind of my first experience of um, this tribal drum beat. And it was so cool because when we went out on the, to the land and started our vision quest, I could hear her off in the distance on the top of the mountaintops banging on this drum and chanting. And it was amazing. Mm. It's amazing. I'm feeling it. Mm. <laughs> I'm feeling it in my whole body. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's it. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, I think we so often want to overcomplicate things. And, you know, our our allopathic Western medicine system, we are, are we're bred to believe that, you know, in order to fix things, it requires a pill, it requires complicated, you know, medical devices. And the thing is, is that this was so simple, you know, through the vibration of a drum, it allowed me to release and start that that rebirth process and to really find myself and to start the awakening my spiritual awakening i had already sort of had one it was already within me but this was like the shedding of the old and really birthing the new and it started on that vision quest with the drums and that's why i loved this idea of being able to talk with you since you do this and you probably experience this all the time with the people that you work with yeah, I mean, it's, yes, it's so beautiful. So what would you mm -hmm. feel? I mean, I feel like what you and I are really talking about is that, you know, it is very transformative and, and you know, it can really stir up change in you and, and really stir up some emotions. And, and I feel like it really um, breaks up stagnant energy. But in your experience, since this is what you do all the time and you work with so many people in this process, how do you feel that these drums really heal people and really change people for the better? Hmm. Well, I can share what I was just feeling now when you were telling that story because I feel I kind of went into that space with you mm. and having that experience as well. And it's like you said, it's that like grounding into the earth so you root because it's so primal it's just a raw hide this the energy of whatever you know animal the drum is made out of i work mostly with elk uh but also buffalo and deer and others moose but it's still a very primal you know they're wild animals and it's this primal force that comes through that we don't allow ourselves a lot in in the culture that we live in, but it's such a huge part of us. And that is where healing occurs, I believe, in like the the deepest of cell memories where it's pristine, like our blueprints where everything is healthy. And I feel that the drum and like ground, it's the heartbeat of the mother, so it grounds us into the earth. But at the same time, it shakes everything loose so that everything can get loose and release and tap into that the beat of the mother where there is nothing but complete and resonant health. But it is a powerful process. Like you said, it's this very, it's powerful when it happens and you open up that field 
and very it's, unexpected. It's very unexpected because it's so seemingly simple and innocent. But it's like it's in our DNA. It's it's primal. It's really who we are on our deepest level. So tapping into that is super, super transformative on every level. And I would add to that. We are taught in my school of feng shui. We are taught if you pick up a feng shui book, it, it will often say that um, animal heads and hunting heads and things like that, that men love to have for sport that they hang up in their home are bad. And our, in our school, we are actually taught that they are not bad, that you are harboring in that animal's essence and their energy. So I would look at that much the same way in creating a drum. You know, you are probably attracted to the animal's energy that you need most. Whatever that essence is that you need most is probably what you will end up birthing. And Mm -hmm. I think what is so cool is that, like you said, we always want to overcomplicate things. Like, can it really be this simple? But I would encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast, if you go to a trade show or you go to um, a, uh, we have like a crystal show that comes here every year and they've always got drums. You know, even if you're not open to this idea of making your own drum, because it probably scares the shit out of you, but I would encourage everybody to do it. (laughs) But just pick up a drum and bang on it. Like just bang on the thing and just feel the vibration of what it creates. Because I agree, I think it's in our DNA. And I think that when you bang on a tribal drum and allow yourself to let go, it is okay. I'm giving everybody permission. But when you let go, I feel like it does have a resonance to that primal instinct that's within us. It connects to our DNA um, and you can feel it. And it's such a undescribable transformative feeling and it can be addictive because there's Mm -hmm. nothing else like it Mm -hmm. there's nothing else that can really tap into that feeling that you get and like as a feng shui practitioner i may go into a house and if it's extremely yin which means that there's a lot of uh, quieter energy in the space Um, if it's exceptionally in, I may go in and start ringing bells and stuff and it can be really high pitched, but it allows things to break up. But one of my, my big weapons, (laughs) if it's really thick and really stagnant and like say a death has occurred there or, or some kind of very heavy illness, I will go into that house and I will bang on drums like there is no tomorrow because it awakens the soul. And it awakens the energy and it just changes the space. It moves everything. Yes. Mm, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on today is I, you know, this is going to be, um, it's December. It's coming out, um, you know, just in time for the holidays. But one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, Mia, is I love this idea of taking it back to basics around the holiday season. I feel like um, we've really ruined what the holiday season is truly about. And I, what I wanted to do is just talk to the audience about this idea of creating sacred space. Um, and I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what is... What does that mean to you, creating sacred space? And what are some things that you would recommend for someone to create sacred space to kind of bring their energy back in and kind of connect 
so that they can take a deep breath and really resonate with the true meaning of what the holidays are all about? Hmm, such a good question. Um, I feel sacred space is if we tap into the most pristine part of ourselves that's really clean and and sacred then that is the sacred space that we want to mirror in the outside so i think it's very personal and it it has to come from that place inside whatever that looks like i think some general rules is clear you know no clutter it has to be clean um you want to bring some kind of life in, so water or plants, um, you know, something that's comfortable for the eyes. So whether it's colors that we like or attracted to or, you know, whatever makes us feel, whatever makes us raise our vibration. And it's like a two-way street. So if we are holding a high vibration inside, we can create a high vibrational space outside of ourselves. But if we're not holding a high vibration at the time and we create a high vibrational space outside, that's going to reflect inward and raise our vibration internally. And then we can raise the vibration externally even further. And then it goes back and forth. So it's like a dialogue almost. And I feel it's very intuitive. But if if we have a hard time to tap into that intuitive space, I think like you said, clearing the space first with bells or a drum or smudging with sage or some kind of sacred, you know, resin or herb. And, you know, because of the holidays, I'm feeling frankincense is a good option mm-hmm. um, to, to clear a space and just bring in, you know, because frankincense is very, very high vibrational kind of etheric and, and then let it unfold. I feel it's a very kind of organic process, but also organic materials, like not too much machine-made plastic or, you know, like more earthy sheepskins or plants and rocks, crystals, yeah, resins and herbs and deities, of course. So would you recommend that they create an altar, like a a specific space or place this throughout the home? Or what are you feeling? Uh, I feel I feel altars is a good start, but I tend to like I feel my whole house is a sacred space. Like when I enter, I take my shoes off and it's very the whole entire space is sacred. So it flows and you can maintain that higher vibration. I think an altar is it's like a focal point to remind ourselves that we need to take that time out every day to connect to spirit or connect to the earth or whatever that might be for us. So it's like, um, uh, yeah, like a focal point, but I think a sacred space should be extended into the room or the, you know, the entire house eventually, like even putting food on a plate, you can do that. So it looks beautiful and it's balanced and it becomes a sacred space. So it's you know? really about, um, I love this because I talk about this a, a lot, is it's just really about um, being mindful and really being intentional about how you are moving throughout your space, how you look 
about your space or how you see it and how you feel within your space. And by using these external tools of frankincense, sage, maybe some drums, you can take these elements and elevate that and really um, connect with your home in a different way. Yes, absolutely. I love frankincense. Um, Mm -hmm. I burn it all the time. I have it in my diffuser. Um, Frankincense, um, not only does it raise your vibration, but um, it's also really great if uh, Mia was just talking about how, you know, if if it's difficult for you to connect intuitively, um, first and foremost, that's because you're too hectic and too busy and you're not spending enough time in silence, (laughs) how you behavior. Um, But um, what frankincense is really good is it does help you to connect um, and help uh, strengthen your intuition. So that would be a great place to start if you feel like I hear this all the time from my clients that they don't think that they are intuitive and they don't have that skill set. And you're wrong because we all have that. Um, We just choose not to tap into it or we choose not to see it or feel it or, or experience it. Um, but if you are silent long enough, um, you will definitely be able to, and frankincense will help you with that. Um, Mia, I just wanted to back up a little bit. We keep talking about vibration and, and, you know, I can definitely go down the rabbit hole with you and I can get really deep with you (laughs) and I'm totally on your wavelength and, you know, (laughs) you're speaking my wheelhouse, but I want to back up a little bit and just for the audience members that may not fully understand what it is that we are talking about. Um, when you're talking about vibration and frequency and, and this more um, high vibe life, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? And, and what does that mean to an audience member that is maybe new to this concept? Hmm, I think simply said, vibration is when we feel good. Like if you walk into a space and the space makes you feel good, it makes you feel safe, it makes you feel, you can like take this deep exhale and just go, ah. That's that's kind of a high vibration space. And when we're in a lower vibration, you know, we might be frustrated or angry or, you know, if we enter a space that has low energy, it will bring us like we feel kind of we might tighten up a little bit or just it doesn't it doesn't bring us to the place of complete and full relaxation. So it's I mean, our, our emotions are like the, the guiding post for vibration, I think. It's almost an equal thing. So it's positive, good emotions is higher vibration. How something makes you feel. And if it's, you know, a denser or stuckness or vibration, we, we feel that in our emotional body. Yeah, and I think it's really a choice. You know, it's definitely something that uh, a lot of people have to learn. It's not something that um, many people, I feel, default to more of those negative emotions. And I just want to point out to those who are listening, I just put up a blog post called the Top 8 Tips to feng shui your travels. And within that blog post, I have a graphic where I'm talking about this concept that I came up with above and below the cross emotions. And it's exactly what Mia is talking about. Um, If you live in what I call above the cross emotions, you feel joy, you feel peace. uh, You know, it's easy for you to, to come in with a space of love and happiness and you feel gratitude, you, you know, you, to me, you're swimming in a soup of, of really good ingredients, 
versus this idea of below the cross emotions, which are fear, which a lot of people live in, apathy, um, guilt, sadness, anger. A lot of people live in anger. And so those are very low vibe vibrations. And so there's this, um, you can find it online where it talks about um, the vibration of emotions, but we all want to be at um, this level that is heightened. I, I think it's like 500 megahertz. I can't remember what the the number is, but um, it's this idea of when you hit, um, I think it's happiness. That's when you start getting into those really higher vibe vibrations. And the cool thing is, is that you start attracting more of those things. If you live in those below the cross emotions, then you're attracting more anger, more, more things to be fearful of, you know, um, and guilt and shame and all those. So when you're talking about this high vibrational um, way of living, um, to me, it's more graceful. Wouldn't you say, Mia? It's 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 a softer way to live, I feel like. It's it's more fulfilling. It makes sense in this space, I feel. What a great <laughs> life makes word. sense. I love I love the word fulfilling. It it's like mm-hmm. it's like operating with a full cup. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that it's definitely a choice if you and and I just wrapped up um, for those of you who uh, watch my um, Facebook show. I just did. I don't, Mia, you may have done this before. I did an experiment. It's the Dr. Emoto Rice experiment. Have you heard about this? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So I've been teaching my clients this for years because as a feng shui practitioner, they're like raising an eyebrow, like, wait, what is it that you do? And, you know, so it, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't come natural to a lot of people. And so I have them do this experiment so that they can see the power of language and feelings. And so I would encourage all of you, if you're not a hundred percent sure of what me and I are really talking about today is this idea of the rice experiment, which proves that the way that you operate, the way that you think, feel, and speak has an effect and it has um, consequences is a good word. So I think that when you are really trying to create sacred space, you can't come to it or come into it in these lower vibrational feelings. I think you have to really come into it with a heart of gratitude and um, feel really amazing um, for it to really uh, take shape and take hold of you and create change in your life. Um, The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, Mia, which this is a a great transition, is because we're talking about, you know, Dr. Moto and the power of water and what water does to us. I know that you are putting together a book on water. So tell us a little bit about that and how that is so close to your heart. Oh my God, I didn't know we would talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's my little it's my little baby that I'm gestating. Yes. Um I am working on a children's book about the consciousness of water. Cause I'm feeling that especially the children that are being born today are just really, really advanced beings and they, they know this language already. And I want yeah, I want them to how should I say, like have the permission slip to trust their own instincts that water has consciousness. And, you know, if we 
can raise the, the vibration with the waters that supply our drinking waters, then all these people who are in power, will it will touch their hearts and it will touch their emotions and it will shift things as the whole. Like we're all made up of water. The human body has 70% water. So I personally think that that is where world peace will come from, <laughs> is by that awareness that water carries consciousness and really, you know, communing with it as such. Because then if we heal that, we'll heal, we'll heal our bodies and our emotions and our planet. I love it. I think it's brilliant because, you know, we are energy. Everything around us is energy. So start with energy. And Dr. Emoto's experiment, if you have not seen this or heard about this, just Google it. He did a huge experiment in the 90s on the power of water and its ability of what Mia was just talking about to hold consciousness. And it is um, powerful the way that you speak and treat water because if you are kind and loving to it and send it positive information... It creates beautiful crystal snowflakes. And so like Mia said, we are 70% water. So think about how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself, how you talk to others and how you treat others because it matters. And so I love this idea of, again, this too is all about creating sacred space and being conscious about the things that we are doing um, and very mindful and intentional about the things that we're doing, because if you are constantly in those low vibe um, emotions, then you're creating in Dr. Emoto's experiment, he proved that those negative emotions create fragmented and broken water molecules. So if we can, you know, have these kids with the this higher consciousness, I, I agree. I think the kids that are coming up today are absolutely brilliant and open-minded. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Dr. Emoto proved that you can change an entire body of water simply through prayer. I mean, this is, this is mind-blowing. And I'm seeing it now. Um, I've also talked about this, but energy medicine that is now starting to come out. I've been working with a company called NES Health Systems and they have a product called Infaceuticals and it's water. It's called structured water. And through this structured water, they have 72 different types of products um, or infaceuticals that they offer that works on our subtle body. It works on our emotional and etheric body. And so it can heal and transform our energy system before the ailment hits our physical body. It's water. So I love this idea that you're thinking on a global scale of creating world peace through water, water it's, is life it's yes absolutely possible mm -hmm. i love this i love this <laughs> well mia i knew that this was gonna like fly by because i had so many exciting things to talk to you about and i so resonate with everything that you're doing and i'm so glad that Janie introduced us um if people are you have all kinds of workshops so if somebody is interested in birthing their own drum, and let me tell you, folks who are listening, you have to do this because it's freaking amazing what it will do to you <laughs> and your body. Just let it go. Um, but if people are interested in finding out about your workshops and uh, creating their own drum or working with you, where can they find this information and where can they find more about you? 
So uh, my website is drumdoula.com and most of it is on there because uh, I also, you know, create, co-create drums for adoption, as I say. I will birth them and send them your way. And I'm actually, which I kind of feel that I want to share briefly because it's been coming to me recently. Uh, I've been healed from Lyme's now about a year and I'm getting these downloads that I have to help other people with chronic Lyme's to heal. So I'm putting together like a one-year program where I will hold the hand of somebody who is ready and willing to completely heal and transform their life from chronic Lyme's, which is really my new little project that I'm really excited about. Uh, that will have its own website that's not ready yet. But for now, everything is on drumdoula.com. That is where I can be found. I love it. And if you are interested in the Lyme thing, they can just contact you via the Drum Doula website. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes. I love it. I love it. I just think that everybody, you know, just knowing when I bang on drums in a home and how it <laughs> makes the home feel and how it transforms that space and the homeowner, I am so sold on everything that you do. And I encourage everybody who's listening to um, either work with Mia directly or create a drum yourself or just go out and buy a drum and just see how it will change your life. It is absolutely amazing how simple yet effective this tool can be to change your life. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mia, for coming on. Thank you for saying yes and having a conversation with me today. It was so freaking awesome. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. Yes, Amanda, thank you. And thank you, Jenny. I just want to give a shout out to her because she made it happen. So and thank you, that. Amanda, for the work that you're doing in the world. It's it's beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. So this whole idea of birthing a drum and creating something that is sacred and transformational may be a new concept. But I'll leave you with this. One of my favorite quotes from Don Draper. A new idea is something they don't know about yet. So of course, it's not going to show up as an option. So if this isn't showing up as an option for you right now, because this seems so out there and new, let me leave you with this. Try it. Let go. What shows up just might surprise you. Thanks everyone for joining me today, Amanda Gates on Home Energy Design. I hope that you've liked this podcast. And if you did, be sure to head on over to iTunes and subscribe. We love to see your comments and hear back from you. And if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at letschat at thegatescompany.com. And if you'd like more information or to learn more about everything that we've been talking about today, be sure to head over to the website, gatesinteriordesign.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.